0: Hi everybody, I'm Kyle, and welcome to Leadership Daily. Today we have a special session with co-host Nicole Taylor, a diversity and inclusion program manager for a 15,000-person organization, $2.2 billion annually, and she has the experience of leading and supporting employee resource groups, performing command-wide surveys and interventions, and developing command strategy. She has real lived, real world experience with diversity and inclusion, and super excited uh, to have her on, on this recurring segment. Uh, So everybody say hi, Nicole. Hi everybody. (laughs) All right, so today, Nicole, wanted to start out with an interview uh, about you. um, You know, what is your mission? Who are you and who are the people that you feel called to inspire? Um, so I'm going to, at that point, just kind of turn the mic over to you. And as I have questions, uh, pop up with them. So tell me a little, what what is your mission, Nicole?
1: Well, I would say um, that I'm very passionate about diversity, equity, inclusion, and accessibility. So my mission would be to help people develop a strategic view um, of DEINA so that they can really implement it effectively in their business. And um, that could be business or nonprofit, but that they can implement it effectively to really get long-term sustainable outcomes. And I think there's a lot of cool things that um, that ties into that. There's a lot of leadership development that we can talk about because there's strategic planning and change management and leading people. Um, But I want to focus on DEINA and really how we do that in that arena, because Um, it's something that obviously has got a lot of attention nationally and we're now seeing really the impact to the business world and even to, um, our political system and our nation. Um, so, so again, I just really think that we come at it from a moral perspective a lot, uh, which is fine. That's good, uh, social justice. But I think in order to have real sustainable change, we really need to take a strategic view.
0: Awesome. There's a... There's a lot in there actually. So I'm curious, Uh, one of the first things maybe some people are asking, maybe not everybody, but D, E, I, and A. uh, What what do those letters stand for?
1: Yeah. So uh, just a little bit of history. It kind of first all started with diversity. That was really the focus for a long time. Um, And then it moved to D and I, which you heard a lot, diversity and inclusion. Then equity was added in there. So that's D, E, and I. Diversity, equity, and inclusion, and then recently you'll you'll probably hear a lot more people say DEIA or DEI and A. Uh, the A is accessibility, and mm. the reason that we see that more today is because of the executive order from Biden that added accessibility uh, when he when he wrote the executive order.
0: Okay, uh, when when was that executive order written?
1: Um, the executive order was signed, um, I believe back in June. So it's, it's fairly okay. recent,
0: fairly recent. Okay. That's interesting. Um, I, I certainly have a, a lot to learn, um, uh, being in federal service myself. So that's curious to hear about that. And then you mentioned, um, working with the strategy and leadership with businesses and nonprofits. And I'm curious. Who are who are the specific um, audiences that you work with? I'm sure it it varies because you're not only working with employee resource groups, but also senior leadership. Mm -hmm. Uh, So what what does that look like and how do you um, how do you exist in those multiple realms? I'm curious.
1: Yeah, I, I see, um, I see the audience for this information really being anybody that is passionate about social justice, but wants to see, again, sustainable long-term, like real change, whether it's in their organization, their community, their business. Um, and then also people who are just really more interested in how DEI and A applies to business and and why it's such a focus right now as far as um, a vital strategic objective so th- those are really the focuses that I think that the people that fall into those categories will get the most out of uh, these discussions
0: okay let um i don't want to unveil too much just starting out and so you talked about you know the st- strategy of it and the strategic importance to business and organizations, um, that leadership element for the organizations. Um, so what are some of the highlights of why it's so important?
1: Okay. So where to start? Um, there's actually <laughs> a, subs- <laughs> there's nah. a substantial business case for DEINA. And again, historically it's been looked at more as like a social justice movement. Um, the, the, there's more been a, a moral objective for why to do it. Um, as far as it's the right thing to do, right. We have laws against harassment and discrimination. So obviously we want to follow those laws. It's, it's the right thing to do. Right. Um, but we're coming to see that really there's a strong business objective for retaining and recruiting talent. So let's just start with like diversity, for example. Um, for diversity initiatives, what we're really trying to do, there's a couple different things we're looking at here. We're looking at, as far as recruitment, really getting the, the widest talent pool that we possibly can. So if we are recruiting and, and marketing to only maybe a certain demographic, and that's the only ones that are maybe interested in what we have to offer or are the ones that, um, you know, our marketing materials stand out to. We're severely limiting our potential pool of candidates, and if we really want to get the best qualified candidates, increasing the diversity actually gives us a larger pool. And then, secondary—well, um, not secondary—is and it goes after that. But another reason is um, we want innovation. We know that people that think differently, that have different experiences, different skill sets, uh, different backgrounds, that leads to unique perspectives. And so we don't want groupthink in an organization. Um today, no matter what industry you're in, uh even if it's the government, it is vital that we are flexible, adaptable, that we're coming up with new solutions, new ideas, uh we're problem solving in other ways. So we have to have a group of people with different perspectives and skill sets to look at a problem and come out with the very best solution. And really diversity is a key to doing that. Um, I know it's very political, diversity, equity, inclusion, accessibility. So it's really key, I think, before we go on further, that we make sure that we're really defining diversity. It's all the differences and similarities um, that we bring to the table. So we're not talking about specific demographic groups, as you may have heard in the past what was the focus, like, you know, women and people of color. Um, And and people with disabilities, we are really focusing on uh, not those just demographics, but but all the demographics, all the different things that make us unique. So that could be your position within an organization. It could be, um, you know, where you grew up in the country, the north or the south. It could be um, what kind of family you grew up in, your socioeconomic status. It could also be gender and race. It could also be your personality type. So it's really all of those things that give you a truly unique perspective. Um and so we want to make sure that when we're talking about diversity in this context that that's what we're looking at not just those certain demographic groups.
0: Okay. Wow, that's fascinating. So, yeah, I captured the the retaining and recruiting the top talent and innovation from diverse backgrounds and skill sets. Um and I'm sold. Uh so I I'm curious though how how does diversity, and so you you define diversity, but then where does the equity, the inclusion, and accessibility come in? Uh, And what are those more specifically?
1: Yeah, sure. That's a good question. So, um, okay. So diversity, we're really talking about the individuals, right? Making sure that we have people with different perspectives. We're looking at the individuals. That's our talent. Um, In any organization, the people are really uh, the opportunity, the value that the business has, right. Um, cause they're what, what produces, whether it's ideas, innovations, uh, products really, they're the key, the people. So that's where the diversity comes in. Uh, the equity then equity is looking really at your processes and your systems. So equity is ensuring that you have transparent and fair treatment access and opportunity that takes into account individual differences and needs. Um, so so what I mean by that, a lot of people are confused because they've heard in the past equality. EEO, Equal Employment Opportunity. Equality um, used to be and still is um, spoken a lot when we talk about DE&I. So now people are like, what's equity? How is it different? Where'd it come from? Okay, so equity, you're treating everyone fair and transparent but you're taking into account individual differences. So, kind of the differences between the two. An example of equality would be uh for instance the COVID stimulus checks that went out. Uh what I think everyone got about was it $1600 if you fell within a certain range. Um, that is an example of equality. Everybody got the same amount. However, we know that that $1600 let's say was very different down in Alabama than it was in San Francisco, uh, as far as how much that money could could pay for, what it could go to. So if we look at the goals and objectives of giving people money, it was to pay rent, it was to buy groceries, right? However, the amount was not really equitable because it was able to purchase and achieve those goals very differently depending on where you lived in the country. So that's an example of equality. It's easy because it's easy just to give everybody the exact same thing. But equity is taking into account those individual needs. So equity would be something in that situation. An example would be um, looking at the cost of living and changing the amount based on where people lived, for example. I like to think of equity when I think of an organization. Um, I like to think of, you know, someone going through a really difficult event like, the loss of their spouse or a, a divorce, or, I mean, you know, when people go through terrible things like that, obviously it affects every part of their life. And so when you go to work or you, you know, are part of your community or, or your organization, wherever you are, um, you still are going to have to follow the rules, right? There's still gonna be fair treatment. You're going to have to come to work, use your leave appropriately. However, I think we all expect that our coworkers and our supervisor and our management treats us with the the most amount of flexibility as they possibly can allowed by law in that situation in order to support us through that time. And so to me, that's equity, right? We don't expect to be treated the same as the rest of our coworkers when we're going through something that is that terrible and that that affects us that much. We want that different treatment in those those, uh, situations to get through that. That So I- Yeah, that's, that's kind of how I look at it. And okay. um, Kyle, give me one second, because I realized that um, I need to plug in my laptop, or my battery is going to run Oh, out.
0: okay. No, that's, that's quite fine. So okay, <laughs> I learned some new terms, equity, versus equality. Equity is the processes and systems you use that assess individuals as I kind of understand it and then equality is where you just treat everybody the same so everybody got the same amount of stimulus for rent even though for some people it paid multiple months and others it may have paid half a month or not dumb okay while you're plugging in you did unplug your camera (laughs) damn it (laughs) Oh, that's good. Um, and so then uh, after you get that plugged in, I think the the other parts is the inclusion and accessibility. And this is like a crash course for me. I don't know about anybody else. Um, and I've seen other organizations also use a C. In there, like I've seen some organizations have D I C N E, uh, which gives you a nifty like DICE acronym, or I know there's some variations out there. Hey, you're back. I'm back. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, next up, I- inclusion.
1: Inclusion. Yeah. So inclusion is really important. Um, as you said, you know, equity is kind of the processes you're looking at the, the processes in your organization. And you're making sure that they're fair and they're equitable. And again, the reason we want them to be equitable is because we know that there are different barriers um, to different demographics. And so the equitability part of it looks at what are those specific barriers and how do we make it more fair for everyone. Um, okay, so then the inclusion that's really like the behaviors of the organization, which is basically the culture, right? The average kind of of how people behave equals your culture. And so inclusion is when you have an environment where individuals and groups feel safe, respected, empowered, and valued for who they are and their contributions to the team's success. So it's really this culture then that we want to create because we can have diversity. We can have diverse individuals that are part of our team, part of our organization, but if they don't feel safe Um, psychologically safe to step out and give their feedback, to disagree, to have different opinions, to bring them forward, you're never actually going to um, be able to innovate and really see those rewards. So diversity in and of itself, although we do have studies that show that just simply having diversity um, does improve several business outcomes, there could be the assumption there that there's already kind of some equitable systems and some favorable culture that is helping those people work together effectively. Uh, but really without inclusion, some kind of inclusion and in positive culture, um, you're, you're not seeing the the benefits of diversity.
0: Okay. So there's, there's something in there that, so the equity are, It's like the formal processes the organization has. But then the inclusion takes into account how people actually behave.
1: Yes. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. That's perfect.
0: Okay. I was just like, okay. Right. Because
1: we know that we can have policies, right? But then how are people actually acting them out in real life? Sometimes those don't always match up.
0: Yeah. Okay. Okay. That makes sense to me. And then the the last one, which is from June, is the accessibility. Um, accessibility. How, how does that fit in the mix?
1: Yeah, so accessibility, I think, is really focused on um, how do we make sure that the workplace is accessible, not just equity as in looking kind of at the policies, but really looking at our facilities um, and ensuring that employees with disabilities, which is a group that, um historically has been very marginalized. And in fact, they're one of the only groups currently that still has affirmative action because there's such high discrimination um, with employees with disabilities. So it's really putting a spotlight on the fact that we really have to be aware um of our uh like our technology, our physical facilities, our infrastructure, and um ensure that it's accessible to all different people. Um, so that that lots of people can come to the table, no matter what barriers they might have,
0: okay, I so affirmative action doesn't exist for gender or race or ethnicity oh, no okay,
1: so, so that is so a lot of people that's a misconception that comes with diversity a lot. People think, um, oh, there's quotas, there's affirmative action, um you know it's especially if you know you're a white male, you can really feel like the system is against you if you believe that there's still affirmative action, right? Um but but there it's not. It's actually been illegal for a long time. We we now hire based on merit. We have merit system principles in the government. Um, you're supposed to hire the best qualified candidate. So there is no longer affirmative action. The only group that still has that um is employees with disability with disabilities. The government um can hire on Schedule A an employee that meets the minimum requirements for the job solely on the basis that they have um, a targeted disability.
0: You said a term I'm not familiar with. What's a targeted disability?
1: Good question. So there's employees with disabilities and then there's employees with targeted disabilities. So we know that you know there's all types of disabilities. They could be physical or mental. Um, you could walk up to someone and, and recognize right away that they have a disability, or you would never know, right? Um, hidden and and ones that are obvious. Targeted disabilities are ones, uh, and I don't know the exact definition, but they're they're ones that um the government has determined these are disabilities that. Uh, really face a lot of discrimination and have a harder time, more barriers in the workplace, and so uh, they're ones that um, that you can hire in directly with Schedule A. So Schedule A, which is a hiring authority, you can't just hire anyone that says, for instance, like um, you know, oh, I'm self-diagnosed, I have an anxiety problem. Like there, there has to be certain qualifications. So that's what targeted disabilities is. It really defines. Uh, certain disabilities and what it takes to be qualified for, for instance, uh, schedule a direct hire.
0: Okay. So
1: these would be things like tip, like, uh, someone that has lost a limb, um, a, a deaf employee, uh, like major things that, that impact um, that employees life would be things that would be found in, in, uh, a targeted disability.
0: Okay. Okay. Okay, so yeah, the, the diversity is about all the individuals and their unique everything. Inclusion is about the organization's policies, formal policies.
1: Oh, you got a little mixed up. Oh, Equity okay. is about
0: the formal policies. <laughs> okay. Inclusion is the actual culture, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. How people actually behave. Equity is the formal policies Mm -hmm. and then accessibility is, uh, as I understand it about groups that tend to be marginalized more than anybody else.
1: Yeah. And I think about it more as like our facilities and infrastructure.
0: Facilities and infrastructure. Okay. Maybe that's a better way to put it. I I broke, um, you know that I broke my ankle trail running, right? Mm -hmm. And it was the hardest thing ever to get from um, the parking to my office. I've never had so many doors opened for me before. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And curbs and cracks. And I'm like, oh my gosh, there's not like I never even understood the importance of a slight little ramp. But as soon as you can't actually walk on your own, it's like, oh man. Yeah. Okay.
1: And that's another thing about that demographic employees with disabilities or people with disabilities. Um, Any of us can fall into that demographic at any point, fall into that group at any point in our life, right? I mean, it takes, you know, one accident or um, there's just so many things that can happen, right? So that's why I think that demographic is also so important because a lot of times, you know, these people are, people that could have been hurt on the job or, you know, had an accident. Like there are people that have skills and skill sets that are valuable, but oftentimes in the workplace, it just can be a little intimidating sometimes for management organizations to understand what that disability is and and how they can um, accommodate it. And I mean, you and me, I, I think we can both agree that when you're super busy and you're a manager sometimes just one extra little thing that you have to do or figure out can feel overwhelming. And so I think that again, a lot of times, especially with that group, which we should all be, you know, understanding of because we could all fit in that uh, demographic at one point, um it's it's really important that we that we highlight that a little bit more. We have ADA laws, right? Accessibility laws that require um, for instance, that there's ramps in, in necessarily put in necessary places. However, a lot of times it takes someone with a disability to come and say, Hey, you don't have this before they put it, before they, um, make those changes. So, you know, even in my organization, not every single building in every single area is ADA compliance. Um, we have requests all the time from, um, employees with disabilities saying, Oh, hey, I realized that I can't use this effectively could you update this you know and then we do but how can we be more proactive right and really care about the accessibility in advance and not make people feel like we'll find we'll accommodate you but more like hey we're welcoming you we want you here in our work environment and we value you
0: oh wow i i really like and i think that's uh, a good good kind of um segue the how can we be more proactive i heard Ah, uh, proactive, and um I heard how can we lead right, right to make a welcoming environment um so i'm I'm super curious. you've been working in this space on a large scale, um, super well respected and recognized. So, what are like some top level takeaways for somebody who's looking to follow your path, uh, what would you say are the top three challenges or tips um, that somebody needs to start out with?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. I think if you're interested in d e i n a um, you really need to start developing uh Change management skills and change leadership skills. Um, this field, you know, it's growing. I mean, we've seen so much happen with just national unrest, um, social justice movements, and again, now recognizing how important um, DEI is to business strategy. But it's still, for a lot of organizations, there's still a long ways to go to to really create that culture of inclusion. You, so you basically you're looking at cultural cultural change, right? That's your goal. Um and so you're going to have to have really good leadership skills. Um and you're going to have to um be uh be a good change manager. You're going to have to have skills in that. But in order to do that, you're also going to have to have a vision. So you're going to have to be strategic and have a vision, um, and so really, the first place to start is just learning about what diversity, equity, inclusion, accessibility—what they are—and um, kind of some best practices. This field it does take a lot of knowledge and skill. Um, when I first started, I had had uh, I had worked in in ERGs, and I had kind of been involved in DEINA, but really not to the extent that I needed to, to really be successful. So at the beginning, it just took a lot of, um, reading research to really figure out what was going on and just know that in this space, you're, you know, until you've been here for years and years and years, you're not going to be an expert in everything. Um, even, you know, even our pride ERG which uh focuses on the l g b t q i a group um there's changing terminology so fast um in that space that even you know even some of our our group members are, have a hard time keeping up with that, so just I think there's also a little bit of humility. You have to really be somebody that wants to constantly learn, that cares about this topic, and is willing to admit that you don't know everything. And, um, really willing to listen because here's the other thing. I mean, I'll just be honest, you know, I'm, I'm a white, white female. Um, I grew up middle class. Um, I'm Christian religion. Um, I'm, uh, I'm straight. So there's a lot of ways that I fall into the majority category. And I'm not saying that as a bad thing or trying to shame myself. But the thing is, is that when you fall into the majority, a lot of times you don't feel the pressure of not fitting in. And so I never had to deal with somebody that looked really that looked down on me for my religion that looked down on me for my skin color. Um, I never really had to see negative effects of, um, of those types of things. So it's hard for me then to relate to what it's like for somebody, um, that's in that position. So for me, I can relate to like being a female in a male environment. So I know a little bit about at least that part of it. Um, but that's the key. I'm supposed to help in my position. I'm supposed to help those that are underrepresented. I'm supposed to help get their voice heard and amplify their voice. Because a lot of times they just get drowned out by the majority. And again, it's not a shame or blame thing. In our organization, we're mostly um, white males. That is the majority. That's not putting white males down. It's just saying that anytime that you go to collect information or you try to look at changing an organization, the easiest way is to look at the averages. And when you look at averages, you're looking at mostly, especially if you have a big majority, you're looking at the, the, the ideas, the needs, the wants, the thoughts of the majority. So my job is to go look at those underrepresented groups and help amplify their voice. So I need to understand too, just personally, that I'm not going to know everything, that it's not about me, that it's about helping other groups. And, um, there's, there's just a lot to it, you know, a lot.
0: Yeah, I I mean, I never thought about the curb until I had crutches. Never. I'm like, oh, wow. Um, Okay, so I'm sure people are super curious to hear. If they want to find out more, you listed a lot of great things right there. Are you working on any sort of um, like training guide or course or packet where they can learn more from you, or do you already have one? Something you've been thinking about, maybe? Uh, you had a lot of good info there. And I'm, I'm just curious, where can people find out more from you? Listening in here?
1: Yeah, I would say listening in here. Um, and I, I want to work on putting together some, you know, presentations that talk about the foundations of diversity, equity, inclusion, and and how it ties to the mission. Because I think that's just a key piece that if you don't understand that, you really can't come up with an effective strategy.
0: Awesome. All right. Well, Cole, I want to say thank you so much. And I look forward to the next episode. Um, till then, you've got the mic. That's my catchphrase.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask if that's what <laughs> I like. it. You've got the mic. <laughs>
0: um, because I, I just do Q&A so much in all the meetings i run and i'm like okay next up nicole you've got the mic sometimes people don't answer i'm like nicole 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 you've got the mic um because i do these facilitated um sessions Mm -hmm. every single day for months now um on different topics leading change talking about technical change and other things so uh yeah I came, I finally fell on you've got the mic because I found myself saying it all the time. So that's how I end um, after doing a Q&A at the end,
1: mm-hmm.
0: how I end the session. Um, and so for everybody out there who's watching this now, I want to make sure to say you've got the mic, post your thoughts, your comments, your questions in your favored place to chat and engage, whether it's Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, wherever you are and do hashtag leadership daily. And we'd love to hear what you think till next time. You've got the
1: mic.